Oh, she's done it. Brilliantly executed. Incredible stuff. The whole family are watching on in anticipation. And yes, there's the final nail in the chicken coop. Dad's been promising to build for a decade. And don't the kids just love it? Coming in for the final turn. He's gone to the left, a little bit to the right. Dodged the hills hoist. Grass clippings flying in his wake. Precision mowing doesn't get any better than that. They've really set their sights high for this one. A pizza oven, water feature and a new deck all by the end of lockdown. But is it too much too soon? Only time will tell. He's a do-it-yourself legend in the making. Welcome to the sport of gardening. Here's your host, Dale Vine and Jay Neal. Yes, welcome to week two of the sport of gardening. Yes, Australia is embracing gardening as we cope with COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. The man for the job is Dale Vine. He is my co-host. I'm Jane Neild. Dale, welcome back. Good morning. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a big response from the first show. We've got a lot of great questions from listeners for this episode. So, yeah, looking forward to um, getting stuck in. We enjoyed last week's show. If you missed it, you can catch up with it via the podcast with spoke to Terry Wallace, who, of course, paved his front driveway with old bluestone from some of the demolished buildings at the old Witten Oval. I mean, that's a story that warms my heart for a start, Dale. It was great to check in with Terry. It really was. And um, a man at my own heart with building a, a barbecue as well um, out of the old bluestone too. So that's a, that's a job on my to-do list, which I've been inspired by Terry himself. We are going to talk a little bit about our DIY fantasies later in the show. I mean, I've got all sorts of things I would love to achieve during uh, this period in history where we've all got a little bit more time on our hands. That is why we are here, because most of you are probably missing going to the footy. There is nothing to watch. There is nothing to do but get out into the garden and enjoy the sport of gardening. Coming up on the show this week, Dale's going to answer some questions I have about compost. I've got a situation going on at home and it possibly involved rodents. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, we better get to the bottom of that one. So I do need a little bit of help. Uh, we're going to check in with a couple of pitfalls. Look, I, I like learning from other people's mistakes. There's a part of me that gets a little sort of gleeful smile when I hear about people stuffing things up. So we might find out about uh, one of those projects or one of those things that you need to do while you're planning a renovation or a landscaping project that will help you avoid the pitfalls. Dale's got a simple project for the kids and coming soon. We're going to chat with Tim Looker from Radar Landscapes. He's a mate of yours. What sort of a landscaper is Tim, Dale? Yeah, Tim's a, Tim's a bloke who does value sustainable practices. So um, he tries to put as much as that into his designs and, and work practices as he can. So uh, he does some great stuff down the uh, Mornington Peninsula there. And uh, yeah, just a, a handy bloke to know. And hopefully he's got a few tips for people like me who are trying to achieve great things in the garden on a budget. Now, every week we like to check in with a media personality, perhaps a football player who is going a little stir crazy in lockdown. And this week, it is my pleasure to welcome to the sport of gardening a man I've had the, the thrill of working with for quite a few years behind the scenes on football commentary, Sandy Roberts. To introduce Sandy, here's just a little reminder. And here's the broadcasting legend, Sandy Roberts, to get the action underway on AFL Nation. Zeeble steadies, shoots for goal and gets it. Big, big goal for the Kangaroos. They're sixth. He's got three. Oh, there's a pig on the ground. 
There is a pig at full full. Thunder can't pick it up on the half volley. Follows it forward. Now he needs support. And he's caught. And if that's not holding the ball, I'll walk to Christmas Island. Stringer from 75. Set sail for home. It's long. It's straight. And it's a goal to the package. This is uh, just an incredible comeback by the Carlton Football Club. What more can you say? But I miss you, Sandy Roberts, of course, the voice of AFL for so many decades. That voice just goes hand in hand with so many great sporting moments, doesn't it, Dale? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. No, just hearing that highlights package makes me miss footy even more, to be honest. (laughs) Well, that is why we are here, because we are all missing sports, whatever code you follow. It it is a tough time in 2020. We thought we would check in an isolation update with Sandy Roberts. Welcome to the sport of gardening, Sandy. Thank you so much for your time. Jane and Dale, it's good to be with you. And as you said, these are very testing and challenging times. Now, you actually chose to put down the golden microphone last year. You probably made a pretty good move in hindsight because you would have been out of a job if you hadn't already decided to give it up. I think it's called forward thinking, Jane. (laughs) But uh, no, look, I do feel very sorry for so many people that uh, have lost their jobs due to this virus. And I guess in one way you could say we're lucky, but uh, we're all in the same boat. So we've just got to take it very, very carefully. Now, Sandy, a lot of people wouldn't know that whilst you were on the weekends calling football, calling some of the biggest games in AFL history, during the week, you would swap the suit and the tie, you'd head back down the Western Highway to your rather large farm. Paint the picture for us. You know, in the last few decades, the farm you were running, where were we and what were you doing? Were you seriously a farmer and a very high-profile TV star at the same time? Well, I I was trying to be a farmer, Jane, Um, but uh, as someone who was brought up as a youngster on the land in the southeast of South Australia, I suppose I always had it in my blood. And um, when I came over from South Australia, this is a long time ago, by the way, uh, to Victoria, and I was still keen on the land and eventually um, settled uh, outside of a little town called Lismore in the Western District and had... 20 or so very happy years there, but nowadays it's uh, much smaller where I am, uh, east of Melbourne, just eight or nine acres, but plenty to do on it. Um, basically, it's probably uh, six acres of lawn and garden, so wow, that keeps me going just about every day. And um, Dale, as a landscaper, you could probably appreciate uh, the amount of work that's required, oh, but I love it. Absolutely, love it. mate. No, that's well. That's the whole theme of the show, really. Is is people um, spending the time out there and and getting uh, back to their roots, I suppose, with gardening and and what makes you feel really good. So I'm glad that that's an yeah. interest of yours, and it's obviously, like you said, it's sort of in your blood a bit. So if that's your happy place, then then I'm I'm glad for you, Sandy. That sounds really really nice. Nine acres is probably. Um, nine acres more than most people have too to, to maintain. So um, you've got a bit ahead of you. No, oh, we certainly have. But um, it's funny, you know, when when something like this wretched coronavirus comes along, it's amazing how we can adapt and show our versatility. And you know, look, I was never on the broad acre farm. I wasn't exactly a green fingers gardener, but 
with this problem that we've had, and uh, now that I've retired, I've I've just really fallen in love with it, and um, I'm more than happy to spend days out there. You know, whether it's um, mowing lawns or pruning roses or you know looking after fruit trees, uh, there's just there's so much to do, and you sort of uh, complete one job and you feel very satisfied with yourself, and then you look around and you think, oh gosh, now I've got to go and do that. <laughs> so there's always there's always plenty to do, and we we uh, one of the things I've spent uh, in these last few weeks um, because we've got a lot of granite, uh, had a lot of granite uh, on this property, and um, a lot of stone walls. So we've been working on them, and um, it's amazing what you can find behind. Uh, 30 or 40 years of ivy. Oh, absolutely. What did you find? Like just the walls or was there any little secret treasures as well? Well, Jane, there probably are secret treasures, but we haven't found them yet. But <laughs> uh, we, we did have one. We've got one wall that we just decided, let's let's see what's behind it. Let's get rid of the ivy. And it's just a fantastic granite wall uh, that goes, it's a, it's a wall that is on the side of steps going down towards our shed area, and it just gives it a whole different look. Quite amazing. And I, mean, and it, getting, I thought the eye, to get the eye off would be really, really difficult, but in, because the, the granite rocks were concreted, uh, sort of concrete filling in between them so there were no gaps, it actually came off quite easily. So it was just a matter after that of pressure cleaning them and um, you've got a beautiful granite wall. I reckon there would be 70% of the the population out there, Jane, that would have some form of ivy covering Mm -hmm. um, a surface of their house that they've been looking at for years thinking, I just need to attack that, (laughs) but how do I even start? So from the bottom up, you reckon, Sandy, get rid of the the base and then pull it all upwards. Is that the best technique? Exactly right. Yep, that's what we did, and uh, it was like uh, an animal shedding a skin. It was, um, <laughs> but also, uh, Dale, it was really satisfying. Yes, absolutely. You know, to, to see it sort of all opening up, and you know, we've got a considerable number of walls like that on the place, and I'm really tempted now to have a crack at another couple oh, and just go see how it. they come up. Yeah. Sounds like a little bit of hard work is uh, bringing up some really good results. I've just got an image of you, Sandy, though, with this gigantic Afro-sized kind of huge bundle <laughs> of ivy. Did you have to burn it or is that going in the green waste? No, no, we, we got rid of it. Uh, there was no problem. Uh, yes, you're right with your first option, by the way. Um, <laughs> it burnt very easily and... Uh, no problems there, Janie. No problems. Oh, well, if I had a little tip for you, collect all the ash and use it in your garden. My quince trees get cherry slugs and all you need is a whole stack of ash to chuck over the leaves and it kills them really well. So if you're going to burn stuff, you make I sure you get that, that carbon back into the uh, into the garden. Yeah, we do that. And uh, I think they're called little gems. Yes. We've got a line of those because we've got open fires. We put the ash on those and... Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It certainly helps. Now, Sandy, what was the most successful crop in your veggie garden over the summer? Because I remember sitting behind the scenes, panelling you calling football, and you'd be trying to convince Billy Brownless that your zucchinis <laughs> were the most flavoured. He's like, I don't want to hear about your melons, Sandy. And you really have been proud of uh, some of your veggie gardening over the years. So what's come up trumps this year? Yeah, but, Janie, things have changed because now where we are, uh, we have a lot of kangaroos. Oh, oh and, yes. Unless you've got a shade house, 
you are setting yourself up to have your crops stripped. Sandy, what do you miss most about footy? Is it coming into the city? Is it being part of a big crowd, a big event? Is it the game itself? You know, what are you looking forward to when footy finally returns? Well, it'll be very different from me because I've retired. But what I loved, I felt really comfortable sitting in a commentary box. It felt like home. I felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just football. It was golf coverage for many many years for channel seven and when you'd go into that booth whether it was the australian open or a president's cup or a british open you felt like the pilot of an airplane almost it was just i don't know it's a really hard thing to explain but Uh, almost like a belonging yeah so hopefully that can uh that can be your new little veggie area and stuff now sandy you get out there and feel a sense of belonging and uh you could get your three mates around when all the restrictions are done and uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and stand next to each other in there. That might take a bit longer, Dale, to feel absolutely comfortable yeah, in my true. shade house. But, um, well, it has been a joy to speak with you today on the sport of gardening. Sandy Roberts, the voice of AFL for so many years. We're glad to hear that you're doing well, that you've got the acreage there. You're not having to do uh, the full farming lifestyle at the moment, but it's good to hear that you're still able to get out into the garden and those pesky kangaroos, yes, the actual marsupial type, hopefully will leave you alone a little bit in future and the garden will flourish. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Dale. And yes, isolation is very, very easy here. (laughs) Good on you, mate. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. The AFL Record Digital Edition is taking footy fans down memory lane. Introducing Great Footy Decades, available now, the 1970s. We saw Colour TV introduced, Carlton's Grand Final Comeback, Jezelenko, U-Beauty, Watson's debut, Whitey's Massive Torp, Footy Anthems, and of course, The Biff. All thanks to Karcher. Great Footy Decades 1970s Digital Edition. Just $2.99 on afl.com.au, the AFL app, sen.com.au, and the SEN app. Welcome back to the Sport of Gun with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Uh, yes, welcome back. The sport of gardening exists because in this crazy world we live in, a lot of us have been forced to give up our sport for just a little while and to uh, retreat inside our homes, to discover the love of gardening, to work on projects that we have possibly had on hold for a long, long time. I'm Jane Neild and my co-host is Dale Vine. Dale, we need some inspiration. We need to do it on a budget. Who do we turn to? Well, mate, I've got in a, a friend of mine from the landscaping industry. Um, his name's Tim, and he's got a nice little landscaping company down on the uh, Mornington Peninsula uh, called Radar Landscapes, and they're a, they're a great company that do a lot of um, sustainable-type uh, design and um, construction. So I thought he'd be a good bloke to get on on the show and um, give us a few tips and money-saving techniques as well. Hello, Tim. Sounds like uh, big shoes to fill there. They're talking up. You're Mr. Sustainability, are you? Yeah, I try to be. We do our best down here on the peninsula. How have you been coping with uh, the last couple of months where the whole world just got turned on its head? Have you still been working? Yep. Yeah, so it's actually funny. Funny enough, I thought we were going to dry up a bit like the rest of the world, but um, I think everyone's sitting at home looking out at the gardens. Uh, work's ramped up a bit, so... It's good time for us, um, and I guess with the isolation, because um, everyone's inside, we're outside, so as long as there's not too many people on site at the one time, we can get along with our job and 
carry on with 2020. Now, Tim, I have two places. I've got a little cottage that I own in Ballarat with a beautiful garden. And I also live in Melbourne in an area that has seen more change in the last couple of years than you can even imagine. The eastern suburbs, you know, you walk down a street one day and a week later you walk back, three houses have been knocked down and things have been rebuilt. My first thought when I see the demo gear coming in, when I see the big uh, cat starting to knock those houses down is, look at all those materials. Look at all that amazing old stone or even if it's just the wrought iron sort of pieces that have been around these old 50s and 60s places. My heart breaks. I really want to get my trailer and try and save as much as I can. Am I the only one or are you seeing clients at this point in time who are wanting to use pre-love materials who are wanting to keep stuff out of landfill and actually give their garden and and their design spaces a feel of, I don't know, maybe it's more authentic or rustic. Am I the only one? No, 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 no. Good. (laughs) I I, I would prefer to just use recycled materials if I could. Um, Yeah, that seeing houses get knocked over is very upsetting. But um, if we can recycle, we will. And if people want to get recycled uh, materials you can uh, there's a lot of recycle yards around um, on the peninsula there's a couple timber yards that recycle old house frames and battens and old piers um, you've also got uh, brickyards that have old red bricks they'll they'll knock them down clean them all and then sell them back and we, I do a lot of pathways driveways out of recycled bricks and yeah if you can recycle why wouldn't you there's no point making more. There's enough to go around. Absolutely. And the character you can get in some of the recycled materials, you just can't buy in the new stuff either. So, you, well, I heard you mention recycled reds there for a second, mate, and now you're speaking Jane's yep. language because she's literally <laughs> just told me she's uh, she's learnt to lay a few bricks recently. She's got on the trowel and... Uh, Bless her heart. She's um, she's done a, a couple of nice little rings around some fruit trees and things at her property. So, um, yeah, she reckons she found a nice little joint down Geelong Way near me um, where a bloke uses um, reds and then slices off maybe um, the face of all these bricks um, so they can glue them to shop fronts and things and, and save a bit of money, yep. obviously. Um, but the rest of that brick, which was obviously pretty much useless for these um, shop fit outs. Um, he sells off nice and cheap in in pallets. So um, Jane's got them and flipped them upside down and and laid them as a a little brick edges. So I thought it was a great little recycling idea, and she's um, saved some coin. I must uh, shout out to Daryl from the Adelaide Hills who actually came and helped me do the proper paving work. He'll be mortified if I try and take credit for that. But it does prove, doesn't it, Tim, that you know you can keep something like I stored these brick pavers for at least six months, but. Hey, if you've got a stockpile of uh, things that you can use, it's never too late to uncover the old wood that you collected from a shed that went down or, you know, get it out and start putting it into into your garden now. Yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. We're currently at my place, I've got uh, some old brown bricks from the 70s. I've got a 70s house. Ooh. And uh, we're currently, you know, well, we're just painted it white, so oh, it looks <laughs> much better. Um, but we're just going to brick you into a do brick uh, front fence and, and retaining walls with these recycled bricks, and then we'll just get a painter in and paint it all, um, yeah, white. Make, there's no point buying new bricks when the bricks are already there. Yeah, beautiful. If a client came to you, Tim, and said, look, I'd really like you to do some work for me, and especially now when people are working from home more, they're actually going to be on site more. Um, mm-hmm. Is that kind of annoying to have the homeowners there while you're working, or is it good because they can help? Dale's uh, 
got a look on his face that would suggest there might <laughs> this is a sort of topic you boys talk about. Do you prefer to have the clients yeah. around? I, it doesn't actually bother me. Um, I, it's good and bad. Sometimes it depends what personality they got, I guess. But <laughs> I find it is good because if they want to change things as we're going, they don't wait until the job's over because it's hard to change things when things are 100% compl- completed. So I don't mind in that in that way. The client we're on at the moment, we're in Mornington at the moment doing this landscape. It's a really big one, a really good one. The client has specified for him to plant the plants because he's so bored in isolation. And I said to him, that's fine, but you realise there's about 2,000 of them. And he goes, that's fine. I'll just I'll just slowly chip away over two weekends and whatever I don't get done, you guys can do. Mate. There you go. Oh, he's, he's keen. Yeah. Good on him. Do you know what? That's, it's going to come to the point, though, where like people like me, they go, oh, I can do it myself. That won't be so. And you do like a day's work and you can barely walk the next day. I actually find it's really good because it makes me realise that every single cent on an invoice that I pay <laughs> is actually worth every cent because, damn, you guys work hard, don't you? That's funny. That's funny. That is true. Like they'll do one day over the weekend or the weekend. They come back and go, whatever it costs, it costs. You guys yeah. do it on stuff. <laughs> yeah, it makes them appreciate the landscape is a bit more, which is good. Now, Definitely. Tim, if people were looking to actually get you in on a job, maybe they're listening for us from down at the peninsula. I guess they can just check out Radar Landscapes on Instagram. You know, are you still quoting yep. jobs? Can you do it via uh, yeah. a video link or how does that work? Um, I go. I still go out the site. Um, we stay uh, two metres apart. Um, I'll try to do as much of it over the phone prior to getting there, so I know what the client exactly wants and what materials they want and what what sizes and everything. And then when I'm there, I'm in and out within ten minutes. So I'm still got plenty of quotes to do. Where today I've got three to do on the way home. So. It's still happening. Yeah, people are still calling in. I think it's because they're all at home looking at their garden. That's so, right. Good for us. There's no bigger motivation to fix something than if you're stuck at home looking at it every day, <laughs> feeling depressed. Yeah. Hey, Tim, are yeah. you a uh, footy fan? What sport are you missing at the moment? What would you usually be watching when you knock off? <laughs> I'm definitely not best football fan that I should be. I love uh, renovating and renovating ca- old vintage caravans and houses and and landscaping. Absolutely. That's a sport in itself. Yeah. Have you got a van on the go at the moment? What era are we talking? Uh, so we've got a 1969 Franklin caravan. We converted that about five years ago, and that's actually currently for sale. Then I've got a 58 Viscount caravan. It's a, It kind of brings me back to watching the Jetsons. Yeah. It's got curved front <laughs> and back windows. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's it's amazing. I haven't really started it. I've gutted it, but that's it. That's all I've got. So it's just sitting away in the factory, uh, taking up space at the moment. But uh, <laughs> should get into it. As soon as the 69's out of the driveway, the 58 will come in. Perfect. Tim Looker from Radar Landscapes. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Sport of Gardening, Tim. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, Dale. No worries, mate. Thank you for having us, guys, and good luck. If you would like to talk to Tim, if perhaps you'd like him to quote a job, you can check him out on Instagram at Radar Landscapes. You might as well put a picture of that uh, caravan for sale on your Instagram if people are going to head there and uh, they can have a look (laughs) at that there too.
That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah, good man. Because there would be a few thousand people just waiting for the moment when the government says, okay, guys, you can go camping again. Yeah, like, absolutely. Can you imagine the highways will be packed? More to come on the Sport of Gardening. I am Jane Neild and my co-host is Dale Vine. You can find him on Instagram, Viney D. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neild. Journalism icons Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin join forces in Don't Shoot the Messenger. That even people who don't really follow football are finding their week has lost a shape and a punctuation as we do in Melbourne over autumn and winter. Sport, food, life, news. She made a really stupid move and she wrote, Sorry, not guilty. Jim Beam's fault. <laughs> don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. Girls, you're not meant to drink when you're playing bridge. That is the last thing oh, you can standards do. have slipped clearly. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Welcome back. Glad you can join us on The Sport of Gardening. My name is Jane Neal. My co-host is Dale Vine, otherwise known as Dale from the Block. Are you overhearing yourself described as oh, Dale I from the Block? I think it's inevitable. No, it's uh, something I'm pretty used to now. I usually think of people called Dale as Dale dug a hole. Yeah, that's another good Australian yeah. one that pops up a fair bit. So. I'm pretty sure the editors of the block would have used that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did win uh, several hundred thousand dollars when you were on the block. You bought yourself your first home and you've been spending a lot of time in that home recently, Dale. Most of us in isolation, self-isolation with the family. How are you coping down in the the home front. Yeah, good. Uh, we're we're enjoying life with the kids all under five at home anyway. So for Sophie, it's funny. She did a little survey thing that popped up somewhere the other day. Which which isolation person are you? And uh, she fit in the category where nothing had changed for us. She doesn't get out of the house much anyway, to be honest. So um, life was as normal. But for me, I've spent a little bit more time at home, but it's been great. Do you know, I was actually thinking about that, you know, preparing this show and thinking about gardening and its role in our lives. And of course, the reason we're here with this show is because we don't have sport at the moment. Like so many people are at a loose end because so much of what we normally fill our time with has just disappeared due to COVID-19. But I was thinking, you know, a 1950s housewife, some of the gardens I remember as a child were my nana's garden and my auntie's garden, my great auntie's garden. They didn't have jobs necessarily. Of course, you know, keeping a family running was a job. But their gardens were really a point of pride for them. And it was a, a real way of saying to the world, here you go. This is my domain. This is my beautiful corner of the world. Especially my grandparents as well used to, yeah, like you said, it's almost like a real pride thing. They'd they'd get friends around and, and they'd have something brought to the forefront in a pot that was flowering beautifully at the time. And um, yeah, they'd get a lot of nice compliments and just pays a a nice little homage to yourself and your efforts when somebody praises your work for something that's looking good. Gives your heart a little ring of joy when you see something um, doing its thing out there in the garden. Let's talk pitfalls. Tell me about a pitfall that you've come across where people have perhaps gotten a little bit of advice, maybe watched a few YouTube videos, decided they can lay turf themselves, they can do a bit of paving. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Are there pitfalls involved? 
probably the biggest one I come across um, most often from people's DIY attempts themselves at, at landscaping tasks is just getting levels and drainage right. And, they, and then they're the ones that most people don't put enough time into making sure fall is away from the house. Um, so, so the fall of the water. Yeah. So yep. And just the surface in general. So if you can imagine a, a surface that's got fall towards a house, then when it rains, obviously water's going to pull and start to go to your foundations and it can cause a lot of damage um, to your house and its footings and everything uh, if you've got that. And it's only a simple little task of making sure that your ground level or your paving or whatever you put down is is falling the right way, which is so the drainage of the water goes away from your house basically. So yeah, that's probably the biggest one I come across and um, the way to fix it is to just literally go out and get one of those sticks with a bubble in it and um, called a level and put yeah. it down and make sure that it's falling the right way. Now, I'm going to assume that as a as a landscape professional, you might say, hey, call a professional, get their advice, get them to give you some tips and tricks. But if people want to do it themselves, can they get someone like you to come in and just help with those preparation things and then do the, the kind of nice bit themselves, lay the turf or the pavers? Look, definitely. Yeah. And, and some people do do that um, through projects as well. They'll They'll get you to do all what we call the um, sub bases and things for areas. So we might put down the crushed rock and make sure all fall and everything's um, correct for them. And then I suppose the, the task of actually rolling out some synthetic turf or something from the roll isn't that daunting. So people are, are quite happy to attempt those things or even lay um, instant turf themselves once the preparation of all the um, loam and everything underneath it is spot on. So um, yeah, you can save some money and you can also you know get your hands dirty and feel good about a, a job you've achieved yourself. And um, often it makes people feel quite nice to know that they did do a part of their um, backyard renovation. Now I've got the pleasure of getting to know you whilst actually doing it on the radio because we've only just met a a week or so ago before our first episode. I'd like to sort of find out more about what kind of guy you are. So, Dale, you're going off to work in the morning. You are going to do a job. What sort of boots are you putting on? Well, I'm one of those guys who I wear boots so often. As soon as I can not wear boots, I'm barefoot basically. (laughs) So I'll even take it to – I'll drive to work if it's not raining outside in in socks. Oh, don't Um, tell the police that. Is that legal? (laughs) Or or bare feet. And then when I get to work, I'll then put the boots on. So um, I think socks are legal, are they not? We might have to to change. change. Yeah, I might have to change if if they're not. So – um, yeah, so as, as as much as I can not be in boots, I do these days. But, um, yeah, I put the boots on and um, get in the car and um, just get to the work and hope to God there's, they're not going to be covered in mud by the end of the day. They will be. Uh, what car are we driving? What are we getting into? I'm uh, just in a Hilux twin cab ute at the moment, yep. Um, so, yeah, it gets me through. Um, just changed from a Land Cruiser not long ago. So, yeah, I'm not too fussed about cars. They're, um, as long as they get me here and there and can tow a, a good trailer load, I'm happy. Now, what sort of guy are you when it comes to maybe a little stop on the way to work? Are you a drop into the local cafe in Geelong for a nice barista-made bespoke coffee? Of course, we're getting takeaway orders at the time. Possibly a little you know, breakfast of local produce and some locally raised eggs. Or are you a... Oh, Crikey, I'm late. Let's go through the Macca's drive-thru kind of guy. 
No, I'm not a Macca's drive-through kind of guy. Uh, there was a period of my life where I definitely was, um, but <laughs> uh, no, I I do like. I've got a few coffee shops that I really like their coffee from. It's funny, everybody's getting more and more coffee snobby, aren't they? Where <sighs> just any coffee won't do. They need to really enjoy the beans and the roast and everything else these days. So I know a few shops that I really enjoy the the taste of the coffee there, but. If I've got a trailer on, I'll have to do drive-through. So I'll, I'll swing past a bean squeeze or something in Geelong that's got a drive-through mm. capable of taking a trailer. But otherwise, I'll, I'll um, pull over and try and get a nice coffee from somewhere um, that I like to support, basically. So, yeah, there's a lot of good spots in Geelong. We're pretty blessed. You are. And a lot of, uh, I've noticed in the last few months, you know, people roasting beans locally who perhaps were supplying cafes that shut down and now going direct to customers. So they can... are, Yeah, I have spoken to a few of them and they reckon that the uh, the domestic um, sales of all those um, bean sales where people obviously got to make coffee themselves at home have gone through the roof. So they're still getting the nice taste of that coffee they love and um, they're just going to have to make it at home for a little while. And I do apologise for the black coffee. Didn't realise we'd run no, out of milk. No, that's fine, mate. No, I'd, I'll forgive you. Uh. <laughs> now, I would like to share a little uh, tip for, you know, we're missing footy. We're missing our sport. Luckily, some racing is still happening, in, especially in regional Victoria. But we do miss our footy. I tried to get Brian Taylor, BT, on the show. I actually got to speak to him, which was a bit of a thrill. Why? You know, just a guessing game for you, Dale. Why on earth would I want to talk to Brian BT Taylor on the sport of gardening? Well, uh, I follow BT on uh, Instagram and... um I mean, it's just a, it's an interesting time to watch BT at home. Um, you know, he's still got the urge to be producing content. Obviously, he's not one who who can um, not work by the look of him. But he um, he's got some funny things going on. He's got a great property with a massive shed that looks like it's the size of a bunning store in there. And yes, and uh, he's been posting <laughs> funny little videos and and tips and tricks as to what he thinks. Um, you know, your shed and your gardening tools should be stored and how they should be kept. So it's uh, it's definitely worth a look. And uh, I've been having a laugh along the, on the way with him. Let's just have a little listen to one of Brian Taylor's hashtag IsoBrian videos. This is where I started to get very envious of his shed. <laughs> Tour of the shed. We're ready to go. This is my hand tools, shovels, etc., hanging on the wall. A little bit OCD style uh, operation in here because I like to have things set up so I can know exactly where they are. We come down here to aisle 13. This is the electrical cords uh, section here. This is the uh, the better half's gardening section. It's the most untidy part of the shed. As we move into the most important part, this is my favourite part, the workshop, the actual workshop. Now, this is where things get a little interesting. As you can see here, um, nicely set out. I can tell if someone's borrowed a tool and hasn't been put back and I'm straight onto them. And, and that's the thing about this. You don't have to run off to the hardware every five minutes. I'm out of town. I can't be running into the hardware. I've got to have my sort of operation ready to go here. Uh, yes, some of his finest work being done in isolation. <laughs> that is hashtag ISO Brian. Brian Taylor, who did have to go into 14 days of full isolation because he was in the US filming Holy Moly, the new uh, mini golf show oh, coming okay. up, uh, did go into lockdown. The most incredibly organised shed I have ever seen. It's pretty impressive. Dale, have you got some advice? If people are looking out the back shed and they're just overwhelmed by all the crap, by all the tools, by projects that are half finished, how do we get our shed into order like BT? It's a hard one and I know I'm guilty myself of often finishing a a project and um, unloading 
toolboxes and the back of the ute um, just into the, the first part of the shed. So you open it up and you just throw it there until you've got more time to put it away. But um, you just got to start somewhere. That's the, It's like anything, you know, if you're going to clean your cupboards out at home or anything, it's just a start. And you've got to know that it's going to get messier before it's going to get better when you start to um, put a bit of structure in there. So yeah, I tend to sort of spill it all out into the driveway at home where I can empty out the space I'm trying to use and then uh, go from there, put it back one piece at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and so hopefully we get some great weather where you can actually take everything out into the sunshine while we're all in ISO and uh, get that shed sorted. If you'd like some inspiration from BT, his Instagram handle is BT underscore Brian Taylor. Check out those ISO Brian videos. They are very, very Definitely entertaining. Worth a look, yeah. Stay with us. You're on the Sport of Gardening. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. G'day there, gardeners and DIYs. It's Dale Vine here from The Sport of Gardening Show. As you peer out to the front or backyard, trust me, it's a blank canvas. Grab a copy of my book, The Outdoor Reno Guide, and from initial vision to budgeting and execution, I'll show you step-by-step how to transform the humble garden into an awesome space for you and the family to enjoy. The Outdoor Reno Guide will help you create your dream garden. Available via trusted bookstores, Amazon and Booktopia. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Yes, welcome back to The Sport of Gardening, a show that exists because most sports don't at the moment. We're all suddenly finding ourselves with a whole lot more time out in the garden. Time to tackle a reno project or start growing our own food. I'm your host, Jane Neal. My co-host is Dale Vine, otherwise known as Dale from the block. I've got some issues with my compost, Dale. Can can I get some advice here? Yeah, I'd love to hear what the issue is. (laughs) Yeah, I probably shouldn't be admitting this on national radio, but I'm a compost freak. So let's just start with the fact that I believe every household should have a compost bin. Yes. Are you in favour of that? Yeah, definitely. And it's beneficial for your garden and it's great to get rid of scraps rather than sending them to your waste. So, uh, And the kids at our house love it. They love going out there with a plate of... um, potato peels or something and just uh, giving it to the worms or into the compost heap. So these little air vent things popped out of my compost bin, couldn't find them, didn't want to empty it and try and find them again and, and seal everything up. I think we've got a family of rats that might have moved into the oh, compost. no. They're actually in there living. I'm pretty sure I've seen one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an, easy, there's an easy solution. You wait till I go out to get a coffee and then you, you seal up those vent holes again. They're in isolation. They've been told That's to stay true. home. Yeah, no, you, you, you have got a problem there. Yuck, you don't want rats hanging around. Um, we've got them at our house because we're not far off a creek, so they're probably more water um, rats than the regular ones, which are quite big. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't had the problem with them in my compost bin. So I think you're just going to have to make a bit of um, fly wire or something, do a repair with what you've got around, I think, just to stop these guys. Um, it's been nice and warm in there. I know why oh. they're in there and they've obviously got scraps to peck at. They've got the full b and I give them <laughs> breakfast, lunch and dinner, obviously. If you would like a question answered by Dale, you can email us feedback at sportofgardening.com.au. So exciting to see some emails coming through after last week's show. So we are going to answer this one. Well, I hope you're going to have some uh, yeah, some advice so here. Yep. Mark from Perth writes to us and says, Hi, Dale and Jane. My girlfriend gave me a beautiful indoor plant. She's stuck in Sydney. I'm over in Perth. 
I've been left to look after the plant. It's up on top of the fridge, looked beautiful for the first couple of weeks. Now doesn't look so good. If I kill it, I'm not going to be very popular. Oh, what should I do? So Mark from Perth, oh, that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Getting gifted an yeah, indoor plant. Yeah, it is a bit. And uh, <laughs> they often don't go well too, to be honest. And there's a few factors as to why. But I already had a red flag from just hearing Mark's letter um, in. And that is that it's sitting on top of a fridge. So the problem with that is obviously fridges give off heat. So there's a there's a cutout in, the, in fridge cabinetry as well if your fridge just isn't sitting out by itself that allows that heat to escape out the back of the cabinetry. So uh, if it's anywhere near there, it's almost like having a a heater blowing on the plant all day long. So I would say just try and pick a a new spot in the kitchen for your plant that's away from uh, cold breezes coming in through window cracks or um, underneath doors. Um, Any drafts or heat, appliance heat that um, is going to affect it will um, leave it looking unhealthy. So um, yeah, I'd just try and pick a new spot for it and hopefully it um, it can get back to its its nice, healthy, um, you know, girlfriend-given state. <laughs> Girlfriend-pleasing yeah, state. Yeah. What about the watering? Like I tend to just get really anxious about indoor plants and just go, oh, what if it doesn't, can't, can't get rain on it and I overwater. Is that a pitfall? Yeah, it is. And um, indoor plants are funny. They either, a lot of people struggle with them um, and there's a lot of reasons why they don't go well in different areas, everything from light to, um, because they all enjoy filtered light rather than direct light that's beaming through a window and and burning them basically. So, um, but yeah, everyone's opinion as to what filtered light is, is different because, um, yeah, somebody might put it straight in the in the sun through a window, and they could consider that filtered light. Oh, but the light. window so, is filtering. Yeah, that's it. right. So, um, but yeah, you just want it in a spot where it's going to um, get sunlight, but not be directly in it. Um, but yeah, that'll be the best spot um, away from drafts, as I said. But yeah, watering, I suppose. Um, plants, are, the soil of those indoor plants is really good at telling you. Um, how, when they need water, it just goes dry very quickly and they're only in pots. So it, it doesn't take long, especially through winter when you've got heaters on and stuff internally. So yeah, give it a nice drink in the in the sink. Don't take it outside. That's another big no-no. Oh, will it just um, freak out and go, what? I'm not yeah, used to this. It, it causes stress because they're not used to the, the coldness and things of being outside. So you often see a lot of people sit them outside on a rainy day or something to try and mm. give them a bit of a boost. But yeah, they're not used to that. So keep them in your sink. Um, fill the sink up with a plug-in and let them really soak the water in, then let them completely drain out before putting them back where they were. So, And if you do that once a week, they should be pretty good. And hopefully, Mark, if you take Dale's advice and you give it a new spot, it will uh, be flourishing. We do feel for you as well. I mean, imagine doing the long-distance relationship, Perth to Sydney, yeah, and then finding out shocker. lockdown. Yeah, so you don't ho- want to break up, a, a break <laughs> up over a plant gift. Yeah. No, look, hopefully, hopefully it's going to look lovely by the time you see your girlfriend next. If you have a question for Dale, we'd love to hear from you. Feedback at Sport of Gardening. Send us your emails. If you need some advice, we are happy to help on the show next week. And of course, you can follow Dale on Instagram with about 84,000 other people. Actually, Dale, I meant to ask you that. When you are technically, I'm going to use the sort of air quotes, an influencer, right. 84,000 people on your Instagram account. Do you feel the pressure of having to come up with something interesting to 
to give your fans? <laughs> I probably should, but no, I don't. I um, I don't spend enough time, Jane, planning my content on there. I just pop it up as it comes and I feel fit. So uh, my wife actually does a beautiful job of um, maintaining her feed, she calls it, and mm-hmm. uh, make, making sure everything flows and looks great uh, with her style. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a... Um, you know, laid back sort of post something as it comes along type of guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to learn that. You are at Viney D. Come on, you need to uh, plug Sophie's Instagram as well. Uh, I think she's at Sophie underscore Vine, but I could be wrong. You are in so much <laughs> trouble if that is not the correct address. Now, we need a little bit of inspiration for the kids this week before we go. Just a little project to get them into the garden so that they can uh, maybe, you know, just to offset all that homeschooling that's going on. What would you recommend? Super easy, super simple, super achievable. Yeah, well, one we've actually done, our kids are a big crafters. They love painting, drawing, all that sort of thing. So um, you can go and find a, a couple of nice, decent-sized rocks in your garden um, and you can bring them inside and, um, you know, paint them up with a, a just a, a base of like a um, primer or something that's going to stick to the stone and let them paint on um you know, the words of a, a herb or a vegetable that's growing in your veggie beds and, and then just place them next to the plants themselves so you know what you've actually got in your crop. So um, the kids love doing it. They, they look quite cute in the garden yeah. as well when you've got them sitting there. And um, obviously, just being rocks, you can move them around as, as you do your veggies in your veggie patch throughout the season. So Great yeah. idea. And because it's plant identification, so, you know, here's That's the right. mint. They're learn. learning as they go. It's biology and you've just ticked off a little bit of homeschooling. And spelling, work. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, it has been an absolute pleasure. We must thank Sandy Wallace who joined us on the show. Tim Looker from Radar Landscapes also with some great tips and hints if you would like to suggest some guests for upcoming shows. Perhaps you've been watching a particular favourite sports person of yours. Go a little bit nuts with the ISO gardening while in lockdown. Let us know. Send an email to feedback at sportofgardening.com.au. Thank you, Dale Vine. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. And, yeah, if you do know a, an AFL player or, or a sportsman that you know is a keen gardener, then, uh, yeah, get in touch and let them know to um, contact us and we'd love to chat to them on the show. Oh, I've got some great leads, great leads. So uh, looking forward to the weeks ahead. Thank you so much for being with us on The Sport of Gardening. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.